for this reflection. This evening we're going to be using the gospel from this third Sunday of Advent, so I'm going to invite everyone to please stand. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When John the Baptist heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, he sent word by his disciples who said to Jesus, Are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. And blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to look at? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? Someone dressed in soft robes? Look, those who wear soft robes are in royal palaces. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way before you. Truly, I tell you, among those born of women, no one has arisen greater than John the Baptist. Yet the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. So I know that this is uh, a joyful Sunday. We got to light the rose candle, and it's an opportunity of great joy. Uh, today at Our Lady Victory, I got to wear a rose vestment. Uh, Deacon Jerry was a little bit blinded by, weren't you? You were so impressed. <laughs> And it's a great joy. You know, that's, it's a reminder. Now, this Sunday is usually this joyful Sunday, but I'm going to talk about um, love in this talk, and I'm going to leave joy for the last session, our last gathering next week, uh, to wrap up and, and have that sense of joy going into Christmas. So I'm going to focus in on love. Love and joy kind of are certainly connected. Uh, and so... Uh, we rejoice knowing that Christmas is very, very close, but there's also some anxiety for us to say, are we ready? Are we prepared? Um, you know, do our, our hearts, are they really open? So what I want to do is, since the theme on this one is, is about love, you know, we, we kind of use that word for many things, some more important and some maybe not so important. So I want to give you some examples of the way I use the word love. I love the Boston Bruins. Just so you know, they're doing really, really good this year. Even better than the Toronto Maple Leafs. Isn't that nice? So the Boston Bruins, we like, we love our sports teams. Maybe some of you are watching football today. My, uh, my, one of my favorite teams there lost, but I'll, I'll get to them in a second. Uh, Larry Bird, anyone remember him? He's three-time MVP. He was, he's the only player to be most valuable player and then also win coach of the year. 
and Manager Administrator of the Year. He's also uh, highly uh, voted the biggest trash talker in NBA history. Uh, but the 1980s was the, the golden age of basketball. My Pittsburgh Steelers lost today. It's a sad day. It's a rebuilding year for them. Um, but uh, we have those things. So you're learning some about me. And it's not just teams that we may love in certain people, but of course, some of you may know. Then remember Stompin' Tom Connors. He was wonderful. And so we love the music and different things. So these are obviously not significant ways of using the word and expressing the word of love, but they are things that we value. And so as we kind of take a look at this, the themes of this is the, the gifts of Advent and hope we talked about in uh, the first session, we talked about then peace and now we're here at love. All of these are gifts that Christ gives to us and we know that gifts are freely given without any expectation of return, not like the parish envelopes that are in our parish halls. Those are gift, or those are presents. We give to you, you give back. These are these gifts are for our sake, so that we can be fully alive, so that we can be true disciples, so that we can, uh, you know, live to the greatest heights of of this you know, fragile and oftentimes challenging pathway of life to live it to the fullest. This is what Christ gives to us. And part of receiving a gift is, is, is embracing those gifts, taking our hands and, and being able to bring them into our lives. And certainly in these gifts of Advent, bringing them into our hearts. And in this reflection, when we talk about love, there's this call of love of God. Of course, developing and building that relationship, our love of others. Finding real love. And that love that beckons us, this willingness to serve, to go beyond ourselves. This love that God offers and that, of course, most powerfully expressed with Christ on the cross. And that love... Um, involves sacrifice, service, and action. They're, you know, they're not just words, but more importantly, deeds, as we celebrate and we reflect on this reality of love. And one of the, the, the best um, definitions, and one of the shortest ones, comes from St. Thomas Aquinas. He defined love as this, the choice to will the good of the other. The choice, so you're making a decision. It's not forced upon us, not guilted upon us. It's a choice that we make to will the good, to want the good of someone else. You know, we're not loving someone so they'll love us back. We don't love someone so that they'll do something for us. We don't manipulate those relationships. That's not what it is. It's, it's making this free choice to make someone else happy fulfilled, complete. I think that's a, the most beautiful definition and very succinct, to will, to choose, you know, to will the good of the other for the other's sake, you know, going beyond ourselves. And what's one of the practical examples of this 
is the gift of marriage. That's a tangible and real sign of love in this world. And it's tangible because, and practical for us, when we want to talk about love, the sacrament of marriage becomes this important uh, example for us. And we, I love to celebrate anniversaries. You know, we celebrate wedding celebrations, but then anniversaries in our, in our parishes. You know, someone who's, you know, 25 years, 50 years, 60 years of marriage. Because in marriage, it's not always joyful. So I hear. It has its challenges, its struggles. It involves sacrifice. It involves going beyond oneself. Because if you don't, if you're selfish in the sacrament of marriage, it falls apart, just like in any relationship. But in this, the gift of the sacrament of marriage, there is this um, visible sign for us to see of a marriage that goes through ups and downs, joys and sorrows, yet continues to love. Even, you know, when we get old, we get frail, we get weak, we can't do the same things we used to do, and yet there's that love, there's that service, there's that friendship that you lean on and support one another. It becomes this beautiful and perfect sign of how Christ loves us and how we are called to love Christ and love others. Because the sacrament of marriage inspires my vocation. It inspires all of us to choose the goodness and, the, and to will the goodness of others. To go beyond ourselves for the sake of benefiting others. A few years ago, Pope Francis um, gave a talk near uh, Valentine's Day to a group of uh, engaged couples. It's probably five or six years ago. And they were able to ask him questions. You know, they're all, a bunch of couples are getting married. And so they asked him, what is the ingredients, what would you suggest as the most important parts of a marriage? What, what's, what's important for them to carry on to have a successful marriage? And so he said there's three things or three phrases married couples should use every day. And I think we can extend it to all of us in our relationships with our family, with our friends, with parishioners. But he said that these are the essential kind of, in a sense, ingredients. Use these phrases every day. The first one is thank you. He says we have to live a life filled with gratitude. So to be thankful to your spouse. Now gratitude opens us up. You know, we're acknowledging, we're expressing our support our gratitude, our thanksgiving for something someone else has done for us. And so we're supposed to always have thankful hearts. And when we pray, one of the first things we should do to kind of strengthen our prayers, first and foremost, thank God for the blessings he gives us. Before we give him the shopping list of things he needs to do for us. You know, we should be thankful because I think in this world, we can either get too busy, too caught up in different things, or we don't appreciate the gift of those around us. And that can certainly happen in the bond of marriage, but also in our relationships and our lives. Are we truly thankful? 
And that becomes this doorway uh, into kind of this acceptance, this openness, and this love of one another. The second thing that the Pope said is, is that the words, may I. There needs to be this sense of acknowledgement and respect for one another. We want to be thankful. Thank you. Thank you for doing this for me. Thank you for helping me out. May I is this sense of giving one another permission. Not that we dictate to one another what people are supposed to do for us. You know, they're not instruments for us, for our benefit. May I. Sense of dignity, respect, you know, in, a, in the bond of marriage, partners working together. May I. And the last one, so for the husbands. No, I'm just kidding, but probably not. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The need for reconciliation. Pope Francis talked about, you know, dealing with, you know, difficulties or struggles, you know, before a couple goes to bed at the end of the night. And we need reconciliation because, one, we all make mistakes. We all get caught up and selfish. We, 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 we stray from the path. And so in, in marriage, super essential, but in all of our relationships, this reality of reconciliation, of admitting the times that we've been wrong and asking for that forgiveness. I'm sorry, I forgive you. There's a grace in healing. There's a grace in forgiveness. There is a grace and reconciliation that strengthens bonds, you know, and that ties into our generosity, that ties into the reality of respecting one another. I'm sorry, I forgive you. So thank you, may I, I'm sorry. I think are good ways to, if we want to build and strengthen this sense of uh, love in our lives, those are three good phrases to use. And so when we go a little bit more in-depth, St. Ignatius of Loyola said this about love. What has he done for me in our love of God? He has loved me and given me his whole self. What shall I do for him? I shall love him and give myself to him without reserve. We celebrate as we journey through Advent and prepare for the gift of Christmas, God the Father giving Jesus to us as a precious and free gift, a gift of love given to us. And of course, Jesus dying on the cross out of love for us, giving himself completely. Well, how do we in gratitude respond to that but to give ourselves completely to God? That's where our prayer and, and, and that's where kind of growing in our faith gives us the courage and the trust to be able to do that. St. Augustine said this, what does love look like? It has the hands to help others. It has the feet to hasten to the poor and needy. It has the eyes to see misery and want. It has the ears to hear the sighs and sorrows of people. That is what love looks like. And so when we talk about this sense, we talk about responding. Love is filled with action. 
Love is filled with where there is a need, where there is a lack of love, we respond, reaching out to others. Love can't just be words, but it's hastening to those who are in need, supporting those who are suffering. It is action, it is sacrifice, it is service. And how far does that go? St. Teresa of Calcutta, love until it hurts. Real love is always painful and hurts. Then it is real and pure. Sometimes we try to love out of abundance or excess. You know, I've taken care of myself. I've done everything I can. Then I will help others. Spend time with others. Kind of out of the extra. But true love, which is what we're all called to do, to be and to do in our, as being faithful disciples, is to give and knowing that it hurts, to embrace our cross, to lay down our lives so that others may be strengthened, may be loved, may be forgiven, may be put on the right path, may be fed, and may be nourished. So we don't give of what is extra. We give of what we have and give of what we need so that others may benefit. Because love is sacrifice. If you're not sacrificing, it's not costing you anything. Love has a price. Love has a cost. And in that payment of love, in a sense, that grace becomes present. Pope Francis, in uh, a Sunday reflection in May of 2021, talked about love. And I want to just, as I conclude these reflections, just there's a, a few quotes I want to share that I think can kind of move us forward in our prayer tonight, but also in living as people of love and of grace in our world today. He said, to love like Christ means saying no to other loves that the world offers us, love of money. Those who love money do not love as Jesus loves. Love of success, of vanity, of power. These deceptive paths of love distance us from the Lord's love. So I think it's important to remind us that you know, uh, to love like Christ means we have to say no to certain things, certain things that we might even enjoy or really, really like. If your favorite team is in the World Cup final, but you must celebrate Mass at 10 o'clock in the morning, you can't skip the homily. You have to celebrate the Mass. Right? We ha when we choose Christ... It means we say no and close the door on other things that try to tempt us away. And we have to be attentive that there are other things that try to lure us away from this difficult and challenging sacrificial love. We, it's hard to do. Sometimes it's easier to pursue those things that kind of we have this sense of control over. And when we get money, we buy what we want to make ourselves happy. Yeah, we know it only does that for a short period of time. The Pope goes on to say in this address, to love as Jesus Christ means to offer yourself in service. So it involves action. At the service of your brothers and sisters, as he did washing the feet of the disciples. It also means going outside of ourselves, detaching ourselves from our own human certainties, from earthly comforts, in order to open ourselves to others sacrifice and hurt you know 
oftentimes when we're called to love, especially those who are in need, it happens at the most inconvenient times for us. We got other things to do. We got the baking and the cooking and all the preparing things for Christmas, but someone's in need and I've got all these things to do. I'm in a rush at the store, but meet up with someone who just needs to talk. Oftentimes, you know, how, you know, how often do we choose not to engage because we've got other important things to do? But now more important than to sit and listen to someone who is suffering, going through an illness, going through a loss, going through doubts, being alone. Oftentimes, our opportunities to love come at inconvenient times for us. To love as the Lord loves us means to appreciate the people beside us, to respect their freedom, to love them as they are, not as we want them to be, as they, as, as they are gratuitously. Ultimately, Jesus asks us to abide in his love, to dwell in his love, not in our ideas, not in our own self-worship. I think the important part here, he says, you know, to uh, appreciate the people beside us, to respect their freedom, to love them as they are. Don't judge them. You know, we are called to help people in need, and sometimes we don't like what people are doing who are in need. We judge them for the decisions they've made. You know, one of the biggest difficulties is we make them invisible. We walk by them. But we're to be beside people that we walk together. That's love. You know, and don't judge them or help them become who you, we want them to be, but to embrace them for who they are and support them the best way we can. We have to abide in Christ's love. We have to respect people's freedom. You know, in a sense, we do what we can. We support the way we can. We accept people for who they are and where they are in their journey of life and their journey of faith. He asks us to overcome the ambition to control and manage others, not controlling, serving them, opening our hearts to others. This is love, to be trusting, giving ourselves to others. So love is not controlling. It doesn't work in, in marriage. It doesn't work when we're serving those in need. We don't try to control them. We don't try to tell them what to do. We don't try to manipulate our assistance to make them do what we want them to do. We called to serve. We're called to walk together. We're called to assist and care for one another. Again, giving ourselves to one another. Pope Francis reminding us is to serve others as Jesus washed the feet of the disciples. Part of the reality for us as we am concluding my reflections for tonight, as we prepare for Christmas, the danger of having Advent and Christmas just going through the motions becomes a question for us about how does this Advent and this Christmas, when we allow Christ to enter into our hearts and enter into our lives, how it, will it be different for us now? How will we have more hope? 
How will we try to build more peace? How will we love more? And make the choice so that others may benefit and may grow to help fulfill their will and not our own. That happens in our own personal lives, but also in our family of parishes. And so how does this get lived out? If you're looking for ways to serve and to offer gifts of love and this generosity to those who are in need, any of our outreach ministries that continue in a very powerful way in our family of parishes, whether it's the, the uh, soup kitchen at St. Agnes, the interfaith caring kitchen at St. Ursula's, whether it's St. Vincent de Paul and the bagged lunches on Friday mornings, whether it's the St. Vincent de Paul societies in, in town or in all the other organizations who walk with the poor and the homeless and the needy, being able to serve and give to them, knowing they can't give us anything in material back. But they too fill us with love. And there's countless stories and realities of people who serve those need, bringing communion to the homebound. All these different ways to walk with people to meet them where they're at, and of course, ultimately, to bring Christ to them. So as we continue our, in our time of, of prayer and continue in this Advent journey, reflecting on the gifts of Advent, we look to love God and to be thankful for the gift of Christ in our lives. We look and see that that gift of Christ who transforms our lives, we need to love others, we need to serve others, we need to walk with others that we support each other on this journey on the pilgrimage to heaven. Finding this real love is that love that Christ offers to us, how he lives his life. And this gospel that I read for the beginning, you know, go tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have good news brought to them. This is love. This is Christ's love. And we, as a family of parishes, we as disciples of the Lord, are called to bring that to the world today. That the deaf can hear compassion and mercy. That those who feel dead and isolated and alone and forgotten, that they're brought back to life. That the poor are fed. That those who can't see love and mercy and dignity in this world see it through you and I. Those are the ways in which we can make love real. Let us pray for that grace in our lives and may we be instruments of love in the lives of others, making Christ uh, present to those who are in most need.